0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Faith Works Live. Here's your host, Rebecca Haney. This is the day the Lord has made. I am ready to rejoice and be glad in it. How about you? Thanks for tuning into FaithWorks Live. Rebecca Haney is my name. I am glad, first and foremost, to be back with you after a bit of a uh, road trip. Well, I say a bit of a road trip. It was like 10 hours one way, so like 21 hours in the car. We're mostly recovered from our vacation. It was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with our six kids, we have three that are four and under. So um, yeah, that's that'll activate your prayer life. It's very different from when I was a kid. I loved the experience growing up. We got to take road trips in our minivan, but that meant getting up at the crack of dawn, packing your ice water and your Etch-a-Sketch, and settling down in the way back with uh, one stop at the halfway point. You should have gone before we left. Uh, but, uh, fast forward to where I'm an adult now and uh, my husband and I get to call the shots in our family and we enjoyed a great trip to uh, a family Bible camp. We had lots of fantastic Christian speakers, fun for all ages, uh, out in Ohio. And some of those speakers have agreed to join this show, God willing. So stay tuned, but we were without internet. Don on this uh, epic road trip, we were without internet for the most part, and we did live to tell the tale. (gasps) Imagine, Imagine that. It was actually a very refreshing experience in many ways. But then when I came back, and I got plugged in again dun-dun-dun, the tsunami of news stories, the did-you-see-this type of emails, the culture battles, the signs the apocalypse is upon us. It was nigh overwhelming. But hey, you know me, being functionally overwhelmed is kind of my specialty. (laughs) It's kind of my thing. So I thought, uh, why not just jump in with both feet? Today we're going to cover the Summer of Madness, Um, the I Know What You Did During Summer Vacation, uh, the sequel, because the truth never takes a vacation in theaters this fall. Let's go. We're going to go rapid fire or at least as quick as I can speak. Well, through the top 10, I'm going to go here in radio. We love top 10 lists. So we're going to go through the top 10 stories that I missed while having a life. (laughs) And maybe you missed them too. Although if you uh, have thoughts on these, but absolutely, maybe I'm the one that's late to the party. If you have thoughts on these, I'd love to hear your uh, feedback, for sure. You can let me know. Uh, find us on Facebook at Faith Works Live, or you can find me. My name is Rebecca Haney, and that's R-E-B-E-K-A-H, and then it's Haney, H-A-Y-N-I-E. You know, the only right way to spell it. All right, up first, Nancy Mace and the prayer breakfast pileup oh boy. Okay, like I said, we didn't have internet where we were, at least not reliable internet. So every once in a while, I could catch a couple of Twitter headlines. And when this popped up, I was like, what on earth happened at a prayer breakfast? So let's break it down. Maybe you missed this one, like I did the first time around. But Representative Nancy Mace is from South Carolina. Uh, you might know her name because she's famous for being very outspoken. Um, and she's kind of a political wild card. She's more libertarian-leaning or has been. And so she'll talk. Uh, I was cheering her on when she'll talk about holding government accountable or um, when she gets into some of the corruption uncovered with the Twitter files and all the hinky stuff that the federal government was doing. And I would cheer her on with that. But she has been historically um, not, a um, you know, I'm not her biggest fan when it comes to abortion policy. For example, she has uh, really dragged her feet on pro-life policy. She's fans of ex- an exception. Um, in just about every case, she's been a naysayer towards South Carolina's, um, six week or heartbeat bill as well. So mixed bag for me with Nancy Mace, but she, uh, got up on stage at a prayer breakfast to speak. And while she was there, her opening line was to joke about having sex with her boyfriend. Yup. These are moments that make you go, say what now? So, just so I don't take her out of context, here she is in her own words. It's a clip that launched a thousand hot takes. And of course, I'll share mine (laughs) 1001. I'll share mine in a moment. So, here's Nancy in her own words. I woke up this morning at 7. I I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiancé, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed, and I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast, and I got to be on time, and a little TMI. But um, I... He can wait. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. Um, But I was here early today for you, Tim. And I think everybody, (laughs) everybody was here early for you today. And I think that's a true testament to your leadership, to your faith, and your ability to bring people together and unify our country. Okay, two questions. First, why? (laughs) Just why nancy when you're speaking to a crowd of dedicated christians i I presume at a prayer breakfast which is in itself an event to dedicate your service your state your nation to god and that's your opener really no fornication today honey i gotta be on time to the prayer breakfast i mean come on know your audience lady at least but at least don't thumb your nose at Christian morality like your first thing on stage. That's your opener. Do not recommend. And then number two, and more importantly, getting into the, the substance of uh, this issue. Why are we surprised? Because she shared this moment extempore. She joked about how she was going to throw away the speech that one of her staffers wrote. But she ch- shared this moment because it was part of her life. She was being her authentic self, and it's openly out of alignment with Scripture, with God's design, with with Jesus teaching his commands for pure living, um, all the while claiming to believe in him and proclaiming his name. Uh, But this isn't a surprise right? And this is not really about her because Nancy Mace is just the latest example of a politician. And particularly, I'm going to come at Republicans now because I feel like the left is pretty open about the fact that most of them, knowing God about God, they refuse to honor him as God. Um, So we'll get into more of this Romans 1 moment in just a little bit. So I'm going to circle and target Republicans, right? Y'all claim to know better. You party hardy on Saturday and then preach from the pulpit on Sunday. Every campaign season, we hear about... Christian values from Republican politicians who then, uh, a a sad um, fraction of them, turn out to be cheating on their wives or lying to their constituents or stealing from the taxpayers, you know, ad nauseum. We've seen it time and time again. So, this is not about one person. This is about the bigger question. And it's not, uh, to me at least, it's not why did Nancy Mace joke about premarital sex at a prayer breakfast? It's Why do Republicans keep making a mockery of Christian values and then getting reelected? Like, why do we fall for it? Because at some point, it's a a fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. You know, I, I guess you're the incumbent because you keep getting elected. It doesn't matter. Here's the bottom line to me. Okay, this isn't about Nancy. If you listen to the rest of her speech, it was like seven minutes, I think. And she did. I I looked back to see if she she issued an apology or what her her defense would be or what her comeback would be. And she thanked Senator Tim Scott and she thanked her church and her church leaders for basically having grace with her. But, I mean, no indication that she's apologizing or making lifestyle changes or anything like that, but she did post the entirety of her speech. It was about seven minutes long, and I watched it because I thought that was important to have context, and the rest of the speech was a very emotional story of her own life, of how Tim Scott, the other senator from South Carolina and current contender for president, we've talked to him here on the show and we'll probably see him again very soon. Um, You know how we roll here in the First of the Nation caucus state. But Tim Scott invited her to his church and she, she was twice divorced. She was thinking that she was basically too far gone for God. And she decided to go. She snuck into a Saturday night service. This is how she's telling it. She says it changed her life and she's now attending regularly at this church. She gave a shout out to Tim Scott and to her pastor, who was also in the room. highlight That's where my antennas go up. To me, that's the issue. She's living with her boyfriend, her fiancé, so her words, she's living with her fiancé, and her pastor is in the room smiling and clapping. So again, are we surprised at, you know, the sin going on over here? We're not surprised at fornication? No. I mean, come on now. We're all I assume we're all all adults in the room. If not, maybe I should have given an earmuffs warning. Sorry about that. But we're not surprised about the sin going on here. Stats say that 90%, I looked it up just the other, just to get a a number to cite but stats say that about 90% of those under age 44 have had um, sexual relations and the vast majority of them did not wait until they were married and that was those were the numbers as of 2003 so I'm guessing the trend lines have not improved since then but if you haven't if you haven't done it you've thought about it which Jesus says is the same thing check out Matthew 5 I think it's verse 28. So lusting after somebody you're not married to in your heart, basically the same thing. So it's happening. It's happening in every church. I say that again. It's happening in every church. If it's not you, it's somebody that you know and love and care about. And I can't call out Nancy Sin without looking at, you know, it's, uh, you know, you point a finger and then there's three pointing back at you. You can't call out Nancy Sin without looking in the mirror of, of where I can't. I can't do that without looking at where I've been. And my rearview mirror is a scary thing without Jesus. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Maybe I can get a witness on that. <laughs> now raise your hand and I'll call on you. Last, uh, Jesus bought my past. Jesus bought my past at a heavy price. And so I don't go back there without him. Believe me, I am not throwing stones. Not from a glass sanctuary, no. Um, We are all, Christians, we are all unworthy sinners saved by the marvelous grace of God through Jesus Christ. Here's the thing, though. As Christians, we're called to die to sin. This is also basic Bible. We mortify, that is to put to death the desires of the flesh, right? The sin that so easily entangles. We get rid of that stuff. It's not something to laugh at in the body of Christ. And again, coming back to Nancy Mace, she didn't really think twice about joking about her sex life. She's up there. She's not really convinced, I I believe, it's because she's not convinced it's sinful. She's not being discipled. And she thinks either Jesus is okay with it or it's not been addressed. There's a man who's specifically there to call her to repent And to teach her how to walk in the light, she was saying, you know, people were checking in. How's your walk? How's your walk with Christ? Well, this is a prime situation where (laughs) biblical counsel (laughs) would be obvious, right? And I don't know everything else going on in her life. And I'm sure, you know, we're all works in progress. But the man who is supposed to teach her about sin and repentance specifically is there laughing at her jokes from the front row. So her pastor, her church leaders, are—they're not doing their job, and I think that's happening. A, I do not think this is a one-off case. Do you? Because America has never been perfect, but socially and within my ancient, you know, I'm not—I I like to think I'm not that old, although I feel just about ancient some days, um, but. America used to have certain moral standards socially out there. The Ten Commandments used to hang on every courthouse, every schoolhouse. You know, maybe you weren't a teetotaler, right? You weren't forced to swear off drinking, but you didn't get drunk in the street. So you weren't forced to be faithful, but you knew it was wrong. To cheat, and you knew that if you had sex outside of marriage, then you had the responsibility to that man, to that woman, to man up, woman up, and get married, to commit to each other. You know, we didn't parade our sins in public because the public was assenting to those same shared, largely biblical values of fidelity, of truth, honor, uh, commitment, integrity. And civil servants, especially, were held to that higher standard because they were seen as an example of their community's character. And here, you know, we've got a senator, Nancy Mace, didn't think twice about her sexual relationship outside of marriage because her church, her church leaders, have not had the loving kindness to bring her to the foot of the cross on that. She's being accepted instead of convicted. And she's being invited to speak at prayer breakfasts instead of being prayed for. And that one's on us. Wow, this is not a lightning round that I had anticipated. I guess I had more to say on that than I thought. Okay, uh, the second story that I missed while having a life was actually some good news. And I do want to, to call out uh, in a good way. <laughs> I'm so used to chronicling disappointment coming out of Washington, D.C. But I was glad to see a worthy effort of a few of the Republicans who, of course, are in the minority, but they're using this opportunity to stand up uh, against the mutilation of children. So Representative um, Marjorie Taylor Greene in the House and uh, J.D. Vance in the Senate have introduced the Protect Children's Innocence Act to ban gender mutilation under the guise of treatment. And this is something that would charge doctors— who commit the gender denial surgery on minors with a class C felony. So it's surprising that this is not, uh, you know, just plain, like we have to legislate this. It's also surprising that it is not a bipartisan issue, that everyone can't see the problems, the major problems with this um, travesty that we're (laughs) impacting our next generations with this horrible, not only gender confusion, but specifically now mutilating their bodies in irrevocable ways. Like that should not be allowed in any sane and civilized country. And I'll just let that one land how it does. Now, in turning their focus on this major issue of our time, which By the way, I looked up the co-sponsors for this bill, and none of them are from Iowa. There's 45 co-sponsors on the House side, and none of our Iowa representatives are co-sponsors. So just something to think about. Not really sure why. Still looking on the the Senate side. I didn't see any Senate co-sponsors, but I'll get back to you on that, on what's going on, Iowa. What's going on? Anyway, um, Representative Kat Kamak, or is it Kamek? I think it's Kamek, like rhymes with hammock. I'm not sure. Kat, just, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, dear lady. She used her time on the house floor to play a video clip from a gender transition expert who is a Dr. Blair Peters. Now, he is very pro-trans, to say the least. And admitting that I... Admitting that, yes, they are doing this to minors, which, of course, is something they would deny and then promote and then say there's nothing to see here and shut up um, because you're just a a fascist or transphobe or, you know, whatever insult of the day. And that they have no idea. So this is a, a doctor or an expert who is advocating for these transition surgeries and treatments. And they say, that we have no idea what the impact of these surgeries and artificial hormones are going to do to these kids, that they're basically experimenting. They're, quote, figuring out what works on the kids. Um, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't scare you. I don't know what will. But rather than to watch this video, so this was the video that they played on the House floor, and rather than watch the video and engage like reasonable adults, the House Democrats staged a walkout because they didn't even want to see it. Who needs to have informed debate about medical malpractice on pre-pubescent minors when you can rant on TikTok? I mean, what? No choice, right? No contest. So I get that this is a prime tactic of the left to accuse others of being transphobic, right? They say, oh, I don't really have to engage because they're transphobic. And that means, of course, that we'd be motivated by fear. But so here, that's why I find this so interesting, is that in this snapshot, the left, they're the ones who are afraid. They're afraid even to hear the facts that challenge their idols. Because right? we all have them. And in this case, in this generation, the left has an idol of radical self-determinism. And gender confusion its a big part of that. So kind of that, that tandem, one, one is an offshoot of the other, that I get to be my own God. I can remake myself in my own image and take the place of God. And they're afraid to hear any facts that challenge that. And when they can't shout it down or censor it or insult it away, they turn and they run. And that speaks volumes. But that led up to what I think was the most powerful five minutes that I have heard in in, in recent memory and that I think everyone should hear. So what I'm going to do is take a break. When we come back, um, I, I will play in its entirety or as much as the FCC will allow me to, to get away with um, this. You have to hear it. You just have to hear her. One of the bravest souls. That um, and deserves, really deserves a medal of honor for being willing to speak up and share her story. We'll share her in her own words coming up next. We'll be back with more of our top 10 roundup of all the signs the apocalypse are upon us, all the news stories that we missed when we were out actually having fun and enjoying life this summer when we returned. You're listening to FaithWorks Live. You know how much we love Onimus beef at the Haney House. It is delicious. It's wonderful quality. It's naturally raised with no steroids, antibiotics, and they just do what they do so well high quality beef at the Onimus Farm. But did you know you can actually see where your beef comes from? You can visit Onimus Farm. The fine folks, Dave and Mary Lynn, are the most hospitable folks I may have ever met. They'll let you feed a bottle calf and then meet the cows at Onimus Farm. opening soon is a special treat, Mulberry Cottage, uh, for a stay at the Onimus Farm. It's a family-oriented getaway, and they'll let you hike the trails out there. You can forage or bird watch or just enjoy the beautiful sunset from their porch. I'm very excited to check it out myself. And they'll even let you do a cookout with Onimus Beef. Order your beef or your next vacation at OnimusBeef.com. That's O-H-N-E-M-U-S-Beef.com. <laughs>